0: Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
1: Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark,
2: I tow your heart away. Standing by and welcome Rita, to the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight, everybody, we are kicking off the program with an awesome guest. She is one of the co-hosts on The Five on Fox News Channel, the highest rated program on the network. She's also a big best-selling author, and she has a brand new book. It is called Crimes Against America, The Left's Takedown of Our Republic, and the author is the great co-host, on Fox News, as you see her all the time there, Judge Jeanine Pirro. Judge Jeanine, great to have you here. Well, it
3: is absolutely great to be with you, Rita. Thank you for having me.
2: Well, you and I have been friends a long time. I am so proud of yes. you. And I love this new book. Tell us about Crimes Against America.
3: Well, thank you. I mean, the title really reflects my frustration with what's going on in this country. Crimes Against America is really an indictment uh, that, that really calls upon my background as a prosecutor, a judge, and a DA for over three decades. I mean, what I am seeing is America is basically a crime scene where every institution, every area of government has been weaponized. It has been politicized. Or there is just straight-out criminal uh, activity going on. And you even talk about the country itself. This country has suffered a breach of sovereignty. We're no longer a a sovereign nation with a border. We are literally nothing more than a globalist landing spot with benefits. So that people can demand to come here, uh, people about whom we know nothing, to, uh to share in the cornucopia benefits that that we give people in this country education medication housing, and in the end it is a it is becoming a country where uh we don 't know who these people are who are living among us, but in New York City, as i 'm sure you saw, Rita, you know the mayor who you know swore on his election day. Uh, that he was going to continue to make New York City be a sanctuary city. All of a sudden, when he's confronted with the facts, he says, no, no, I don't want to be a sanctuary city anymore. And yet we're a city of 8 million people in New York, and 61,000 immigrants are enough, illegals in this city are enough to like to get them over the edge. So I worry about what's happened in the southern part of this country, the small cities, the villages, the hamlets. The fact that the border has been overrun down south, that they have had to suffer the the major burden of this invasion, ranches that have suffered. And the people down there that simply don't have the budgets that we even have in New York City as the biggest city in in the United States. So – um, this country has suffered from the get go a breach of sovereignty. Five million in the last two years will be ten million uh by the time Joe Biden leaves office and Joe Biden has been complicit in aiding and abetting this invasion and If you remember Rita, a couple of years ago, they said you can 't call it an invasion that's that is racist that 's xenophobic yeah that 's exactly what it is. It is an invasion, and you cannot expect the American people to foot the bill. You know, the American people who follow the law are supposed to pay the bills for people who never followed the law who decided to come into this country. This is all backwards and it's all got to change. That's why I wrote Crimes Against America, how the left is taking down our Republican. You can get it on com. You can get a signed copy of com.
2: You know, you talked about uh, the economic cost and obviously the security cost, Judge Jeanine, it is amazing. Um, even in New York City, they're anticipating by like end of next year, it's going to be four point three billion dollars, eight million dollars a day. How can any city sustain that, Judge Janine?
3: No, no one can sustain it. And you know what? My heart goes out to the American people who are never, ever briefed about this, never asked if it was what they wanted. We have people. And you know what? You know, my background, I want to know, who among these people is a, is a criminal? Who's a pedophile? You know, who, who thinks they can beat their wife? Who is an MS-13 gang member, an identity thief? Who's been re- deported before? Who's a terrorist? Joe Biden is not checking these people. What they're doing is they are releasing them en masse throughout the country. And they, the southern governors are taking some of these people, uh, are taking the Biden administration uh, into the courts. And the federal courts have said you cannot let them enter en masse. They have to be given an alien registration number. Oh, let's do the honor system. You people who violated the law to come here in the first place who weren't invited but simply demanded entrance, you know, we're going to give you the honor system. Come to court as soon as you can. Gee, we think that's going to happen. Of course not. And they're lying to us. Mayorkas should be impeached. He should have been impeached as soon as the Republican House uh, got in in January. But he's not. And this is my concern with some of the Republicans. But that's not that's not the issue now. What we've got is the government lying to us. They're go- they're gaslighting us. We've got an education department, a system That is lying to parents. You wonder why we have the heads of corporations who are so woke and have this ideological leftist approach, which is Marxist and socialist. It's because they graduated from schools and we as parents knew nothing about it. And so that's one of the blessings from we got to move the veil. Parents had the obligation to try to see and help their kids with their education. And they said, what is this woke nonsense? What is this you're you're an oppressor because you're white? You're a white supremacist? You should feel bad about yourself? Enough of this nonsense. Enough of this Randy Weingarten, who got billions of dollars to open the school. She didn't open a damn school. And every metric she had was to close the school, not to open a school. But the Catholic schools were open, Lutheran schools. The charter schools and the kids were studying quantum physics in China. They were studying it in Russia, but not in the United States. Our kids were suffering from depression, and they were suffering from all of the mental and psychological uh, uh, defeat that this, this COVID uh, lockout has, has created for them. And so I worry about them. And by the way, did you notice Randy Weingarten just got back from Ukraine again? It's her third trip. What do you say to yourself,
2: "What is she doing there?" Right?
3: Thank you. Why is she there? You know why she's there. She said she's there to compare the education of children in Ukraine to children in America. What education? Nobody's in school in Ukraine. They have literally bombed and razed all the buildings. There. So what is
2: she doing there? That's interesting, Judge Janine. What is she doing there?
3: I don't know. You tell me. All I know is we're sending billions of dollars over there, just like we sent billions of dollars to the uh, uh, to the schools. We've had no accounting of that money. We don't know how much of it is left. But what you can be sure of is that they are giving contributions, the the Federation of Teachers, to the Democrats. So um, these are crimes. These are crimes against America. These are institutional takedowns. And, you know, let's just go to law enforcement, okay? Defund the police. You know, the, the police are racist, serial murderers. No, they're not. No, they're not. The numbers belie all of that. And yet people like, um, uh, you know, these these uh, uh, progressive DAs as well as these leftists say, you know, we've got to defund the police. Well, how's that going for you? We defunded police. We don't have enough police on the transit. And we end up with a guy like Danny Penny, a Marine uh, who was a sergeant at the age of 23. This Marine he stood up and he took he took on the the responsibility of of being the good Samaritan for those people on a moving locked train underground in New York City, where a, a schizophrenic uh, guy, homeless in the middle of a, a, a psychotic episode, says, "I'm gonna. I don't care if I die, and I don't care if I go to jail for the rest of my life." Now, Rita, what does that mean? That means he's homicidal and suicidal, all right? And so now we got the Good Samaritan who fills the vacuum, and now the progressive DA, uh, Alvin Bragg, who is, a, who is a pathetic excuse for a DA, in, is, is looking to indict Danny Penny, the Marine, for manslaughter in the second degree, already charging him with a felony complaint.
2: And by the way, he preempted things, too, because remember, originally that case was going to go to the grand jury and then he decides to charge him on his own. What did you make of that, Judge Jeanine?
3: Well, that was a political decision. He was getting heat from people on the left. The felony complaint is of no consequence. The felony complaint is simply a piece of paper. It doesn't take you anywhere. The only thing that happens is that if you're going to go to trial, you've got to be indicted. And the indictment is the issue. But, you know, the police had let Danny Penny go, the Marine. The police had let him go. They talked to him. They talked to the witnesses on the subway car. They thanked God that he was on that car. They called him a hero. Then they let him go. And yet, what do they do? You know, uh, the, the the attorneys in this case, uh, Steve Razor and Tom Knipp, They end up getting a call late at night saying, bring your client to court tomorrow for uh, arraignment on a felony complaint. I mean, this is absurd, but it's what they do. They politicize the justice system. And Crimes Against America really is uh, about the politicization of of our society, of our system, by these leftist ideologues, starting with Barack Obama. You know, he was a student of Karl Marx. He's the one that, we, that he said that we're going to fundamentally transform America. Well, he did.
2: One thousand percent. Judge Janine, stay with us. We're going to go right now to a quick break and have more with you when we come back here on The Rita Cosby Show.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Everybody. Welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show. We continue now with the great Judge Janine Pirro. Her new book is Crimes Against America. Uh, Judge Janine, we were talking about education. One thing we didn't hit on is all this stuff with the whistleblowers, the IRS, uh, Hunter mm-hmm. Biden. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about a crime against America. How do you feel about that?
3: <laughs> well, I think that the Biden family uh, pretty much has created uh, an organized criminal enterprise. Uh, and the fact is that uh, Joe Biden wraps himself in the flag of the United States and all the power and prestige attended to that flag. And he goes through the front door uh, lecturing about corruption and, and making sure that there is no corruption. And in the back door uh, is his son with a garbage bag collecting money. So Joe Biden is a front man and Hunter Biden is the bag man. And he did that in Romania. And he did that in Ukraine. And Joe Biden is dumb enough to admit that he said to the president of Ukraine, unless you get rid of the prosecutor investigating this company, by the way, my son is on the board of that company, uh, we're not going to give you a billion dollars of American money. Well, Joe, how dare you? That's our taxpayer money. And you're leveraging it so your big son can, uh, can get money every month. And during the time that Joe Biden was vice president, $10 million they made in one year, in one year when he was vice president, from Romania, uh, from Ukraine, and from other countries. China, China, you know. Uh, China, absolutely. We're talking billions from China. And the truth is that the money that came in through these shell corporations, they couldn't put it in one or two accounts. Uh, And there were 50 suspicious activity reports of financial transactions that were cited by the Treasury Department. So what they did was they gave some money to the wife, to the ex-wife, to the lover, to the the brother's widow who became the lover of Hunter because they had to move the money around. And what we're talking about, Hunter Biden— it's been investigated by the Department of Justice and a grand jury since 2019, 2018. I'm sorry. And it's almost six years now. And they can't figure out what to charge this man with. And they're well, killing and
2: they're killing the investigative team from the IRS to judge. Jeanine.
3: Right. And the whistleblowers are coming out. And one just came out yesterday and said enough. And they're ruining their lives. They're sending one to uh, a different state where he had to buy a house, and as soon as he gets to that state, they say you're you're on unpaid leave right now. The government is acting like the government of a third world country, and this is what the Democrats are doing, and it's why I wrote Crimes Against America, which you could get at judgejbook.com or Amazon or at any bookstore. It is the left's takedown of America. They don't think America is exceptional. They only see America as a place where they can suck the money out. And the Bidens in particular are pigs at the trough. You thought the Clintons were bad? Nobody's worse than the Bidens. And when 51 intelligence agencies, uh, agents come out, some of them, the head of the CIA, and say, "This, this laptop is Russian disinformation, you lying pigs. First of all, the number one thing is that if you get a laptop like that, if I had it, that is a treasure trove of evidence for any prosecutor, photographs, emails, text messages on that laptop. And the FBI is so corrupt that they were alerting the social media, Twitter and Facebook, that you you can expect a laptop that's Russian disinformation. And they knew that it was true. And then the Durham report comes out a week and a half ago, uh, two weeks ago, and it says Hillary Clinton made a decision to make up a story about Russia collusion and Donald Trump because she wanted to get everybody off her back as it related to the email scandal where she literally destroyed 33,000 emails, many of them classified and Jim Comey, who I knew as a prosecutor when he was a United States attorney, Jim Comey has the gall, the unmitigated gall to stand up before America and say, uh no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute Hillary. you liar, he's the same one who deep sixed as a uh, uh as the uh uh." the head of the Southern District of New York, as the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, he deep-sixed an investigation of uh, the Clinton Foundation. So you've got people like Comey, Strzok, Page, and McCabe who are violating all of the standards of the FBI, whereas people in the middle of the, of the the of the structure of the organization are working hard. The FBI has to be changed. It has to be taken down. Christopher Ray is as bad as the rest of them, if not worse. Are
2: you surprised they it? haven't called to? I mean, there have been some who said he should be removed, too.
3: He should be removed. That's why I said he's just as bad. I say that in my book, Crimes Against America, The Left's Takedown of Our Society. This book is an indictment of all these people. And it is a reflection of where this country is. And, you know, Ronald Reagan talked about us as that shining city on a hill. We are no longer that, Rita. And and Abraham Lincoln in 1868, almost 200 years ago, said that America will never be conquered by a foreign power. And I put this in the book. Well,
2: we love you. Our audience loves you. Everybody, judgejbook.com. The book again thank is you. Crimes Against America. Judge Janine, we love you. Thank you for being here. This is a blockbuster book. Everybody's got to get it. And we love having you here on the show, my friend.
3: And Rita, I love being on your show. And I thank you for all that you do every day uh, at WABC. Uh, you are a voice that a lot of people listen to and a lot of people have total faith in you take care. Thank you, my friend. I love you.
2: Congrats on this awesome book. Everybody, again, make sure you get it. JudgeJBook.com. And we're going to have much more on the Rita Cosby show after the break. Wow. Great to hear from Judge Jeanine on so many important topics. America on the brink in so many different ways. And we've got to protect this great country that we love. A lot more of the show, everybody. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from King County, Washington State where a man was pulled from a burning car by a King County deputy who just happened to be in the right place at the right time. The deputy was flagged down by a woman involved in a crash, and it's not clear how she got out of the car. But the deputy said that he saw a couple of dozen cars pass her by before he stopped on the busy highway. He said, I have seen horrific things, but burns are the worst to ever see. And look at. And that's indeed what he saw. He said, nobody stopped. I was the only one that stopped. Cars were dodging her. I could see she was all bloody. Uh, She had road rash. She was dirty. She was screaming. And she was severely, severely burned. And he said that he caught a glimpse of smoke. And she said, wait a minute there. He is still in there. Uh, And the car was still on fire. So the sergeant made his way down, and he found a man with the lower half of his body still in the fiery wreckage. The man was badly burned, and he was still on fire. Imagine this scene. So this sergeant, Sergeant Barton, said, when I pulled up, the backs of the shoes were gone. You could see the feet. You could see the burns on the backside of what was happening there. The man was fused to his neck the baseball hat, because it was so, so hot. I grabbed him. I reached him. I helped to get him out. He was screaming and yelling. There was mounted uh, and melted plastic all over my fingers. Really incredible. And he said, I was so worried that the car was going to explode, which it did a few seconds after he took the guy out. Both of them ended up uh, being saved by this sergeant, put a blanket over them, made sure that they got rushed to the hospital, and both of them surely would have died had he not been there at the right place at the right time. Both of them are recovering at this time and are said to survive a really incredible and dramatic ordeal. Well, you just heard from Judge Jeanine Pirro, who was talking with me here, talking about the border talking about Biden and so much more. And her book, which is great, by the way, I love her book, Crimes Against America. What do you see as the biggest crime against America? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Rob in Secaucus, line one. Rob, your thoughts about all this.
4: Hey, Rita, how are you? Uh, this is Rob from Sea Caucus, and we've spoken before. Uh, I had two things I wanted to talk about, real not talk about, but just mention. I think that we can do it real quick. Um, one was, uh, you know, it, it's fascinating to me, and maybe it's the news media, maybe they just really suppress the story so much. Because I just assume that every American would have heard Joe Biden say out loud on national TV that if the if the prosecutor is not fired within six hours, I'm out of here, and this and that, you know, the whole thing. I, I mean, it's, it's it, that in and of itself should have been the, the 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 undoing of Joe Biden, in in my personal opinion, because it was a blatant admission of corruption. And 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 lastly, today I, I listen to you know I listen to you guys every day. I love you on um uh John Katz Yep, Katzen Cosby. Kind of yep, around. yep. Yeah, love it. And but I got I have a beef with this Alphonse motto. How dare he attack Rudy Giuliani the way he did and Donald Trump. I is he I I'd like to deb- debate him on that issue to be honest with you. It, 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 I mean, if the FBI and the DOJ are are willing to go as far as they've gone, which is you know, rolling out in current news right now to be another unbelievable thing that I don't know if people are paying attention to it or not, but how could you not? And and, and if they're willing to go that far with that, well, what makes them think that they're not willing to steal an election? I mean, come on, let's be real here. These people are corrupt to the core, period. End of story. They're capable of anything.
2: Well, and by the way, Rob, um, and, and, uh, uh Alphonse was on a on a roll. We had to clip him at the end uh, because we were like running out of time. So like uh believe me, we could have uh, debated a lot of what he was talking about, just like you said, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. It doesn't mean we agree with it. Yes. Um but and 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 he's such a great guy. I love Alphonse D'Amato. He's a great guy, but you're right, he was kind of going uh, going after a lot of people there. And again, it's his opinion and we always respect it and appreciate it. Um but you know yeah. what? Um to your point about all the Biden stuff. I mean, just all I could think about, if the last name were Trump, even that comment that you talk about, that famous moment with the prosecutor and when it was like, oh, and son of a B, you know, the prosecutor was gone. (laughs) Remember, he was bragging about it. If Trump had done that laughing and bragging, I know exactly the moment you're talking about. My goodness, uh, that alone would have brought Trump to impeachment. And you think about all these things that have happened with the Hunter Biden case um, that have been swept under the rug. Um, whether it's, you yeah. know, some of the money coming in, whether it's the taxes, whether it's the gun charge. Remember, he left the gun, remember, in a, in a dumpster behind yeah. a school. I mean, you know, it's like, are you kidding me? Anybody else, the average citizen, forget even the name Trump, the average citizen, they would have gone crazy. And you're right, the hypocrisy and then, and then is an, ripe.
4: And and then having an, an illicit affair with the dead brothers. I mean, come, where does it end with these people? They are just despicable, disgusting people. Shine, wearing an expensive suit, really, is what they are. It's terrible. By the you know? way,
2: you forgot about the uh, the daughter, the granddaughter that the uh, president and his wife don't want to acknowledge. Don't, remember? Acknowledge. Yes, it's yeah. crazy. Or,
4: or, or, or his own daughter, who claims in her diary, "You know what? I don't even want to say it that they were showering." Oh, right? Yikes, There's yikes. there is what the so hell much was going on in that household.
2: Well, that's why. Let's see, Rob. Thank you very much. Let's see where also Comer goes because remember, the GOP hasn't been in charge. To be able to have investigative powers. They haven't been able to do it for, you know, until they had the House. They didn't have the majority in the House. So now that they have the House, they can at least start the subpoena process. They can at least start all of these layers and all of these issues. And already, James Comer says that there is so much stuff there. He's meeting, by the way. I'm sure you heard this. He's going to meet next week. Uh, With the FBI director, because he continues to send the subpoena to the FBI and say, hey, I understand there's a document of a whistleblower that shows some corruption tied to Biden. Uh, And they believe, I think it's to Romania and Ukraine and some other things. And where is it? And they haven't they haven't handed it over. But apparently the document exists. Uh, Rob, I am so glad you brought that up. And by the way, everybody, I want to play this because Rob just hit on the point about whistleblowers and people coming forward. And, of course, it's sort of all tied to the suppression of any investigation tied to Biden or his family. Here's an IRS whistleblower. This was a bombshell. Um, Gary Shapley, he is an IRS whistleblower. He's the second one. And he went On camera with CBS Evening News just a few hours ago, full face, said, here's my name. Here's what happened. I was in charge of this investigation of taxes against Hunter Biden. And boy, I saw things I've never seen before tied to an investigation. A little bit of special treatment. Take a listen.
5: When I took control of this particular investigation, I immediately saw it it was way outside the norm of what what I've uh, experienced in the past.
2: And here is a little bit more of what he says is the reason he decided to speak and come forward now.
0: Shapley says he decided to blow the whistle after a
5: heated meeting last October with federal prosecutors. It was my red line meeting. It just got to that point where that switch was was turned on and I just couldn't silence my conscience anymore. Did you let prosecutors know you were unhappy? I don't think I can answer that.
2: Wow. And he also says that there were clear signs that this investigation, again, as you were talking about, Rob, with Hunter Biden, was handled a little differently than all the others he's dealt with for as many years at the IRS.
0: But CBS News has obtained this letter Shapley's lawyers sent to Congress Monday alleging irregularities in DOJ's handling of the investigation. Shapley is seeking legal protections from Congress so he can share specifics of his allegations.
5: There was multiple steps that were were slow-walked at the uh, direction of of the Department of Justice. Had you ever encountered that before? I have not, no. These deviations from normal process, and and, and each and every time, it seemed to, to always benefit the subject.
2: Always seemed to benefit the subject. He didn't say necessarily Hunter, but all the sources are saying that's the investigation he's talking about. What a surprise. That somehow Hunter got a free pass. I mean, this, to me, there has to be equal justice for people to have faith in the FBI and for them to have faith in the DOJ. How can you have faith in any of it if you don't see transparency and you don't see fairness, no matter the person? Justice is supposed to be exceptionally fair, especially when it comes to maybe somebody you don't like. You know, you got to make sure it is fair. And yet we've seen the standard that the D.A. has taken against, of course, Trump. And now we're seeing, you know, Hunter Biden with all the things that Rob just talked about and everything else. It's like, uh, we'll just do a pass. We'll just pass that one. No big deal. Not to worry. one 800 one 848 nine two 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 uh let's go to robert in suffolk robert your thoughts about uh judge janine's comments too
6: yes thank you rita thank you so much for your interview of janine she is so right i know john had chosen you for cats and cosby for a good reason and you just showed it tonight thank you
2: she's great by the way she is a fireball and she loves this country and she said she's never seen. What's going on in the country? I mean, now between she listed, you know, border, crime, uh, Hunter Biden. uh, What what is the most concerning to you, Robert?
6: That our country has been betrayed and is being taken over from within. We have to stop this. We have to use our law enforcement. Rita, don't take the doors off inside of Rikers or anywhere else. Yeah, and by the way, yeah. by
2: the way, that was one of the ideas. Robert, uh, thank you for the call, but you're right. That was one of the ideas from uh, John Katz and and thank you, by the way, for the nice compliment. Um, but John was suggesting Rikers. Take, he said take the doors off because he thought, obviously, it doesn't look so good if uh, you keep the doors closed. But he said, you know, take the doors off, um, put beds in there, but there's a lot of space. I mean, we keep hearing that there's, quote, no more room at the inn, that there is no place to put anybody so why the heck would you not look at a place like a Rikers? The other option you could look at a Central Park. You could, I mean, there's. I don't think we want them in Central Park. Um, so, and that's what they're talking about. I mean, the hotels in New York are half full. Hotel rooms, fifty percent of them are now in migrants, and the cost to the city is eight million dollars. I mean, that's unsustainable. How do you continue with this pattern? You don't. It is near impossible for. Anybody. Let's go to Mike. Uh, line two. Mike, your thoughts about this.
7: Thank you, Rita. Uh, has any reporter ever asked President Biden why he's allowing all these people to cross the border?
2: You know what? He's like, this is the right thing to do. They have asked him and he's like, you know, this we're the, we're a country of opportunities and and equity. And by the way, I think it's great if there are people who are vetted. This is what America is really all about. You know, America is about opportunity and and the shining city on the hill and the beacon of freedom. But we also have to vet these people. I mean, you can't suddenly have people that come in. We have right now, they believe, Michael, like 5 million people. I mean, are you kidding me? We have 5 million people. We barely have vetted any of them. Of that 5 million that have come in in like, you know, the last like almost two years, at least a million of them are gotaways. We have no idea where they are. I mean, there is no country in the world that says, don't worry about our sovereignty, just come on in, we're not going to check you. And yet the Biden administration continues to do it, and I think it's pretty transparent. I think at the end of the day, Judge Janine sort of hit on this, too, is that basically they just want to get more people voting. They just want to, like, say suddenly you're going to all have amnesty, and what a surprise. By that time, it'll be like 10 million new people. And guess what? Somehow that can affect an election. Surprise, surprise. Let's go to Robert in Philly, line one. Robert, your thoughts.
7: Hi, Reed. It's great to talk to you. Um, I I wanted to just uh, discuss what you were talking about with the judge. But did I hear um, our friend from Forest Lawn saying that we can't judge Andrew Cuomo last night? Is that what I heard?
2: Yeah, we did hear a little bit of that, um, although, no, you know, although, although we by, can't the way, judge him. by the he way, we... by the way, Robert, in defense of, of Stan from Forest Hills, um, Stan at first said, you know, he was like uh, on the nursing homes, he gave him a pass, which I still have a lot of serious questions of Cuomo. I was okay. pretty transparent. I mean, my goodness, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure you don't put elderly in a nursing home. And my heart breaks for those families. There, there's no question about that, Robert. No, I'm with you no. on that. But did you hear the turn? Then I said, well, what about the women? You know, and, and then he's like, oh, that one I don't believe. Remember? I was like, right. uh, you know, like, which one? Go ahead, Robert.
7: No, no my only point with that, and I'll, and I'll be quick, because I wanted to talk about uh, my, my main point, which I... He's been judging Trump every day since the man came down the escalator, and he's got the nerve to tell us that we can't judge Cuomo for possibly offing tens of thousands of people? Is that man that self-unaware? I love Stan, and I'm glad he's getting healthy, but wow, Stan. Um, But anyway, the thing with um, Janine Pirro, what she's talking about, it's not one thing. Well, it's a lot of things, but the overall weaponization of government is by far the greatest problem we face. We have people that want to criminalize us because we're political opposition. That is so far from being American that it's disgusting. And I can't believe that there are so many people that are willing to support that, you know? But it's just the overall weaponization. And if the Democrats win in 2024, Rita, I am very pessimistic about the future of this country because I don't see people taking getting pushed around and mistreated like this for much longer. And I hope I'm wrong, but history kind of bears me out on this. yeah um, and, one of the,
2: You know what one Robert, the- I was going to say to you that I feel um that you're right. I've never seen the country turn so dramatically. Um and you know I, I pray for this country, but you're right. I feel like imagine another few years on this course it's a dangerous course your thoughts robert
7: we can go we can thank mr obala for this because he's the one that started it and we all know that's true rita and you have yourself a great night and i love your show
2: thank you robert love you too we'll continue with your calls everybody after the break 1-800-848-9222
0: this is the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network
2: And we are continuing with your calls, everybody. One 9222 four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Pete, your thoughts.
6: Hi, Rita. I've been trying to get you for two days. That interview was magnificent. I got my buddy uh, Matt uh, Costello. He's my attorney that I have uh, on hold because I always need attorneys. I got and, and wait a minute. Everything. You mean
2: you mean the Cuomo interview? Is that what you are talking about? The former yes, governor? Yes, okay,
6: you. You got him to say twice or three times, I don't know for sure, because I got you the tape of it, and I've been listening over and over. You got him to say, I take full responsibility for what happened. You know what that'll do with a good attorney in court? That'll eat him alive, because he's admitting that he takes responsibility. And the questions. Um, Jackie and Norman, especially Jackie, that lost the mom and dad. Such a tragedy. So you sad. Know, I speak to them every day on the phone. We sometimes have like a party line talking, and he she never told me about that. When I heard that, I had tears in my eyes, and I've been trying to call her to tell her how I feel.
2: Oh my um, God! Well, please it. give her also our prayers. But you know what? You are right, and you know I thought about uh, people like Jackie and others who've lost loved ones and just felt it's important that he answer these questions and and you're right it was interesting because he made the comment i take i, I think he i have to it was something of you know i was in charge of the I war take total right.
8: Responsibility. right right total responsibility exactly i was in
2: charge good. of the war right and but you're right, right you could come back to if you're you know if you're talking to him later you you know i'm talking about him from a legal perspective you could say well wait a minute you you said were you in charge or were you not in charge cuz you said here you were that's an interesting point
6: Right. And all yet, right. And, yet and yet, and yet, and
2: yet he would not concede to doing anything wrong um, in terms he of spe- tried, specific. I tried every which way he, but
6: Sunday. You heard that. I he tried to dance around you, but you got through to him. It was so beautiful. I mean, my friends could not, the attorneys could not believe this. And Matt, who's my criminal lawyer from Connecticut, he was like, wow. And he listens all the time to you when he listens to the show. Matter of fact, I met him at Bernie's funeral. At St. Patrick's Cathedral, he helped me, with my wife, with the walker, getting her into the building. And that's how we became friends since then. Oh, so, beautiful, uh, beautiful, so, uh, beautiful. Bernie brought me together with a friend for life. We speak every day. And I'm well, a busy man in Connecticut.
2: Well, you tell him I said hi, and you tell Jackie I said hi, and give your beautiful, beautiful wife a hug. Pete, I love you. Thank you. You're terrific. Let's go to Eric, line five. Eric,
3: your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> um. As Cuomo goes like I'd like I'd like to see you ask Stan and see what happens about the Cuomo in the middle of all this disaster um, came out so remember the paper Mache hump the hill getting over the hill like the curve or whatever yep. and paint and paint, making a painting? I mean like that's that's insane behavior in the middle of something like that, you know. I'd love to see what Stan thinks. Um I had comments. Well about I asked I asked him about
2: the, and I asked him about the book yeah. because you know, he made a lot of money on the book, reportedly. Yeah, yeah. Um and my mm-hmm. question to him was, you know, he, you know, there were obviously allegations um, that people on his staff, you know, right. used it or whatever. I just went to the heart of I, I always try to talk from common sense and the appearance just even just on the appearance yeah. of it look bad. Terrible. I mean, if you're in the middle and you're running a pandemic, I don't think you should be thinking of a book. I, I mean, we were all in mm-hmm. crises and people were yeah, trying to figure out that. if they could see their loved ones and the whole, you know, nation was in panic. Like the last thing I would be thinking about is a book, and and that's that was I thought an interesting moment. He said, "Oh, they were notes," and he just kind of put them in there. But it just it 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 rubs people by far the wrong way with the timing of it. What are your thoughts, Eric, on that?
6: Well, I mean, he dodged he
3: dodged questions from Cindy Adams or tried to. Bad mistake. Bad move. Bad move. But but yeah, it just doesn't look good. I mean, just like why would you even put yourself in that position? I mean, all eleven women were lying. I mean, you know, it's just it's just you know. For him to even admit anything, I mean, it just looks bad. I mean,
2: well, and, and listen, we gave him a fair chance to answer the questions. Uh, so I'm happy that we at least gave him the opportunity. I re asked things six ways to Sunday um, and, you know, gave him every ample opportunity. He still maintains that all of it was political, even all 11 of them. That's what he maintains. Uh, I mean, I kept trying and he was like, well, no, it's all political. Uh, and again, that 11 number is a hard hump, I think, to get over. Uh, let's go to Michelle. Uh, Line two, Michelle, your thoughts.
9: Hey, Rita, how are you? Good. What did you think? Good. So I'm a big fan. I just want to tell you, so this is a woman's perspective. You handled that interview at class. But as someone who's been involved with narcissistic men, that's what he is. He's narcissistic. Takes takes no responsibility, blames everybody else. So as much as you tried to put him up against the wall, and you did, you're a class act, Rita, you're a role model for women, Cuomo is a typical narcissist, blaming everyone else. Oh, I was in charge, but I take responsibility. But that's who Cuomo is. But kudos to you, my girl. You are a
2: role model for all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know what? I, I feel like those are important questions. Women need to be heard. People who lost loved ones in nursing homes need to be heard. And I wanted to also give them a fair forum. And when people say it was tough but fair, thank you. That means a lot. We'll continue with your calls.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: We're talking about Ron DeSantis. He is officially in for the presidential race. Here is the announcement.
5: Our border is a disaster. Crime infests our cities. The federal government makes it harder for families to make ends meet. And the president flounders. But decline is a choice. Success is attainable. And freedom is worth fighting for. Riding the ship requires restoring sanity to our society, normalcy to our communities, and integrity to our institutions. Truth must be our foundation, and common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. In Florida, we proved that it can be done. We chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback.
2: Ah, not so fast, Ron DeSantis, because you got to go through Donald Trump first. And if you see the latest polls, Donald Trump, even in a number of them today, is ahead 30 points. That is a whopping 30 points. Of course, he just got in the race. uh, And boy, he had some technical difficulties. That's not a good way to go into the race. That announcement, of course, sounded fine, that part. But when he announced it on Twitter, he was basically half an hour late. The whole world is watching, and he's half an hour late. I mean, what a bad way to get started. It was so bad that Biden tweeted out a link. Not that Biden did it. Somebody else did it for him because, you know, he's like, uh, what's Twitter, right? But he tweeted out a link, a link, and it was like, uh, here, Ron DeSantis, let me help you. Here's a link that works. And Trump did something pretty similar. So that's not a good start for Ron DeSantis, who's trying to look like the technologically savvy You know, guy in the race and the big announcement, it's an interesting idea doing it on Twitter, but it should be simultaneous, maybe with Twitter and TV and everything else. And yet it didn't go well and it was delayed half an hour. I mean, that's not a good sign for the presidency. And the question is, guys, can he catch up to Donald Trump? Because can he go up against Biden? Maybe. Right. But can he go up? I think almost anybody can go up against Biden if you have the right campaign and you call people out and you look at the track record and all the problems that we've seen. But he still has to go through Donald Trump and Donald Trump, as we all know, is a force of nature. One of the things DeSantis did talk about, and I was really happy to hear this, we were just talking about what a messy border that we've got, wide open, leaky sieve, again, with five million people that have come in so far since President Biden took office, And I was happy to hear DeSantis say this would be his priority. Take a listen to what he pledged.
5: Day one, it's a national emergency. We'll mobilize all resources to construct the border wall, shut the border down. We're not going to be entertaining asylum claims for people coming across the border illegally. Uh, We're going to make very clear about that. Uh, We're going to have things like remain in Mexico so we don't have the incentives to come illegally illegally. We do need to hold these Mexican drug cartels accountable, uh, and we'll be looking at levers that we can pull to be able to do that.
2: So is he the guy who can first beat Donald Trump and then beat Joe Biden? Or do you just hear they're very different candidates? I mean, he's a little more parochial, if you will, Uh, not the bells and whistles, certainly not the uh, technological, even though you got uh, Elon Musk helping you. But it's a very different style than President Trump. Some of the similar principles, but a very different style. And I do think, obviously, politics is content, but you also have to have a great performance. You have to have somebody who is connecting with Americans. You have to have somebody who can absolutely feel Americans' pain. I mean, even people that said they voted for Joe Biden, they said that they picked him because he seemed sympathetic. A lot of people don't feel he's as sympathetic now, and that has certainly helped to hurt him in the polls, big time. I mean, if you look at the numbers, they don't feel he's as sincere. They don't feel he's as caring. They don't feel he's as considerate. He doesn't feel uh, the pain that Americans feel because that absolutely plays in. If you feel like you're a little disconnected and you're cold, the American public will not pick you. You look at uh, Al Gore and George W. Bush. Al Gore was the vice president, remember, at the time? And you would have thought, oh, God, he's got a leg up, uh, got all these connections, all these other things. And yet at the time, he just seemed stiff and wooden. Everybody said that, that he seemed removed and he seemed aloof. And that's not a good thing if you're a politician. What are your thoughts, everybody, on this and everything else? We're taking your calls here on The Rita Cosby Show. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Maureen, line one. Your thoughts, Maureen?
3: Oh hi, Rita. But I, you, you change. I wanted. I was asking about a prior subject about the migration. Yeah, sure. Go ahead because uh, he brought uh, up the border. So please do. Oh yeah. No, I don't know if anybody ever asked this question, but why we're so overwhelmed? Why uh, can't President Biden negotiate with? Trudeau and send them like to Canada. <laughs> I mean, is that
2: a
9: legitimate question?
2: You know what? Um, it is just because Trudeau seems to say that he wants, you know, folks to come. The problem is Biden doesn't want them out of the country. That's what it comes down to. I think you hit it on the head mm-hmm. because there's options. He wants them to stay here. I mean, the, because he's hoping oh. he's hoping eventually they're going to become, you know, voters and that they're going to become sympathetic. Oh, you know, yes. and I yeah. think that that, mm. you know, for sure, I think that that's what behind it, because you hit it on the head. There's a lot of places you could send him. He doesn't want him to go anywhere else. He wants him to come to America and to stay to America. I mean, it seems to me pretty obvious. Maureen, thank you. You're terrific. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Norman. Norman, line three, your thoughts, my friend.
10: Yeah. Hi, Rita. Yeah. Um, OK. you asked What what issue is important to me? And uh, for me, the economy, because uh, I mean, prices are just crazy right now. I mean, if you if you go if you go to a diner in Manhattan and you want two eggs and bacon, it's thirty bucks. I mean, you know, and and, and just things are just crazy right now. And I and I mean, it's just. And then you you go, you walk around in Manhattan and like half the stores are out of business. A nice district like Eighty Sixth Street, and you know, uh, you notice half the businesses are out. The homeless are all aggressive and crazy, and it, it just seems there's just there's an aura of doom and gloom on this city. And no, I, you're
2: right, Norm. You are right. Uh, do you think we can turn it around with the right leadership?
10: I, I, yes, I think we can. I hope. I mean, okay, Ron DeSantis. I I don't want to see Ron DeSantis run because I, I think you know him and Trump are going to destroy each other. And uh, but I also suspect that. If things are going to get much, much worse, and I suspect they are, I suspect they're going to get much, much worse. Uh, I think uh, unless the cheating is in full force, I think a Republican's going to get in, whether it's Trump or DeSantis. But uh, I don't want to see things get much, much worse in the city. You know, I don't want to see my two eggs and bacon go to 60 bucks.
2: Yeah, you uh, know, Norm, you hit the price because I'm telling you, it is so expensive, like I went to the grocery store the other day um, and I remember like it probably would have been 50 bucks in the past. It was like, okay, it's uh, 198. I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, what am I uh, paying my mortgage or what am I doing? You know, like, oh, it was like basic stuff. But it just shows it has skyrocketed and it is out of control. And a lot of it is it's a lot of it is is the overall economy. um, And I think some bad decisions, you know, coming especially from the White House in so many ways. Uh, trickling down, whether it's, you know, the cost of migrants, whether it's, you know, the gas policies making us energy dependent versus energy independent, Um, just the rising interest rates. You know, I mean, it, it is it is unsustainable. And you're right. I just I pray for the city. I pray for this country. Norm, thank you so much. Let's go to BJ. Line one, BJ, your thoughts.
1: Hey Rita, thanks for putting me on. Uh, Ron DeSantis has done an excellent job for Florida and so did Jeb Bush. And uh, Trump made, uh, pulverized Jeb Bush in the debates. And uh, uh, the American people are 100%, or at least the the Republican party is, I would say about 95% behind Donald Trump. You have about 5% of these other candidates that are never Trumpers. Uh, They can't get behind any which one. You got a bunch of people like Nikki Haley and all these other folks. Uh, Plus, what went on in the 2020 election, the voters will not let go of. So they're not going to take a roll of dice and take their chances on on Ron DeSantis. They're going to get behind the guy that should have got in in 20 uh, and never got in because the election was rigged. So uh, in my humble opinion. Uh, Ron DeSantis is not ready for prime time. Plus, it's a very no. Now, now, now
2: why do you think he's not ready? What what is exactly is it about him that you think is it makes him not ready?
1: Okay, so Florida is much smaller than the United States, uh, the entire United States, and he, he just his takeoff alone was not very, very impressive. Uh, in in that, in and of itself, uh, is is just a tip off. I don't believe he can stand toe-to-toe on the world stage, and uh, also I I don't believe anyone but Donald Trump could withstand the slings and arrows that have been hurled against him. And if people think that uh, Ron DeSantis can withstand all of these cases that are breaking, that they try and uh, weaponize the judiciary against – uh... donald trump it's just not gonna happen donald trump has the the financial wherewithal to fight these cases Ron DeSantis doesn't, you know, he has a do- donor base, but if they come after him and believe me, they will come after Ron DeSantis with everything they have, because it's it's not about Ron DeSantis and it's not about Donald Trump. It's about you and me. Absolutely. And By not- the way,
2: you, BJ, you hit it on the head. You're right. They have not been tested. And I don't know how many people could withstand, like you just said, all the investigations, all the slings and arrows Um, and, uh, and I, I don't, I honestly, I'm not sure. And the one thing I think about also with Ron DeSantis and, uh, I'm not talking out of school because John Katsimatidis has said it on the air. John made the comment, uh, that Ron DeSantis didn't return his calls. You know, that, you know, here's somebody who is, you know, well-known in all political circles by all sides as John is so highly revered. And Ron DeSantis, you know, didn't return his calls. There's a lot of people who said the same thing. And there's a lot of members of Congress in Florida who, by the way, are now supporting Donald Trump. And you would have thought automatically they're in Florida. Okay, they're going to support Ron DeSantis. And they came out and said that Ron DeSantis wasn't appreciative to them, wasn't thanking them, wasn't calling them back on certain things. I mean, there seems to be a little bit of a pattern here that we're hearing from people, you know, who know DeSantis better than I do. Um, And I've met DeSantis uh, a few times. He was very pleasant with me, but he seemed very kind of withdrawn with other people. And to me, if you're a politician, you got to go around and shake the room. you got to kiss the babies. You know, that's part of it. And if he's not even returning calls to, you know, to important people and people that he knows, that's not a good sign. And those people are going to remember. And guess what happened? You see all these members of Congress in Florida, most of them are now going for Trump. And what does that say? You know, it's like uh, if your friends don't pick you, that's not a good sign. You know, Uh, BJ, I'll give you the last word real quick, BJ, your thoughts
1: that's an excellent point that you made when your own people are not backing you your own party in your own state number one and number two he's an establishment guy if you look at all the money that's flowing into the 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 DeSantis campaign and all the people you got the usual suspects carl rove all of these donors these they can't get over the fact that donald trump pulverized jeb bush and they're throwing everything they can including the, the the kitchen sink behind Uh, DeSantis. So DeSantis is really coming out as the establishment Republican candidate. And that really, there's no difference, in my mind, there's no difference between the establishment Republican Party, the Rhino Party, and the Democrat Party. That's what Donald Trump's campaign was all about. It was about you and me. It was about the people. It wasn't about the the pants Republicans that really didn't want you to vote for anyone. They wanted you to vote for who they put before you. And, and that's not a choice. That's not America.
2: No, absolutely. Great points, BJ. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Everybody, we're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Well, we were just talking about... DeSantis maybe being a rhino, uh, being sort of a traditional Republican. And this is what Giano Caldwell, Republican consultant, contributor. You see him all the time on Fox. I love Giano, And this is what he had to say about DeSantis. He said, DeSantis is going to have to go through Trump. And right now what he's seeing on, you know, DeSantis is a little bit vanilla.
0: There's a reason why, um people, people aren't afraid of Donald Trump in Washington. They're afraid of his voters in the Republican party. They know the way he's able to gravitate them because he's the first one that bypassed the typical Washington stuff and listened to them. Mm-hmm. The Santas, as polished as he is, he's still a typical politician. Mm-hmm. And he showed that last night. And if he wants to take on Donald Trump, he's gonna have to change um, his strategy.
2: He is going to have to change his strategy, and I agree, uh, because right now he seems sort of manicured, um, controlled, um, maybe a typical rhino, guys. 1-800-848-9222, one 848 Let's go to Tony. Uh, your
9: thoughts, Tony. Hi, Rita. You know, this is a really crucial election that we have coming up, and but that's a given. I love my country, and what I love more than my country is I love my Republican Party, which was started in 1854, you know, in in to rally against those uh, slave, slave people, the people who favored the slavery. So given all that, my party is being challenged right now by a Marxist socialist government that does not want us here. And so what I'm looking for is a party person and the person who just made a comment before me, whoever you had on the radio, uh, Ron DeSantis is a political person. He just became governor in 2019. He is not looking at what's best for our country and the Republican Party. And I spoke to a couple of people when I was on the phone, customer service, and they happened to be in Florida, and they told me he is not a people person. I don't think he has the people skills, the charisma. He is not up to being president of the United States, and, and he clearly showed that. We can't take a chance on someone like him. Untested. You know, maybe she-
2: Untested. You know, untested. And and you know the thing, and I don't mean to be harsh on DeSantis, because obviously he's done, he has done a great job, I think, as Florida governor. Um, but you can make the case Trump created him, uh, certainly helped him. He would not have win, uh, won his first race as governor if it wasn't for Donald Trump backing him. And you also have to wonder how many New Yorkers uh, that are fed up with New York just because of the taxes and crime and everything else, uh, went down to Florida. So many people even during, you know, COVID went down there and they never came back. So that certainly helps uh, Ron DeSantis uh, with a voting base down there. He he was the beneficiary of a lot of things, Tony, don't you think?
9: He was. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that he's not going to be liked very much in New York because he's very blunt with people. And he's going to have to woo the the blue states and i don't see any of that wooing and charisma in him he's used to things being handed to him yep and you got it and you got to get independence i don't
2: know if any independent is going to be drawn i mean i think you know um some of the conservative base clearly uh like him and and has has done some great things that would woo them there but you're right the it's one in the independence uh, and i'm not sure if any of them are saying uh, after what they're seeing ah, i want that guy uh let's go to lq Real quick, line two, LQ. Your thoughts?
8: Okay, God bless you, um, uh, Jean, uh, Rita. Uh, thank you for taking my question uh, the other day. Um, I'm just going to read something real fast that um, Andrew Como sent to me when he was running. He said, "We are we are fighters who have devoted our careers to protecting."
2: Oops, I lost you there. I lost you. LQ, do me a favor. Stay with us. Call us back as your line's breaking up a little bit. We'll take you after the break. We'll continue with everybody else's calls. Everybody's still buzzing about my interview with Cuomo. Wow, it wasn't an interesting one.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
2: And here is a story that's near and dear to my heart as we share our Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night. Here on the Rita Cosby Show, a beautiful story coming from Oceanside, California, where just recently an Oceanside Air Force veteran spent his 90th birthday flying through the air at 130 miles an hour. Mike Calaqueri is a real go-getter, and he went skydiving on his 90th birthday saying, I could have focused on a man who played golf In about 50 states, but we decided to dive into another accomplishment, skydiving. I guess the adrenaline flows and you just do it. Now, Mike served his country for 26 years. He joined the Air Force 72 years ago. And danger must be his middle name uh, because he did certainly love jumping out of planes. Um, The Vietnam veteran says that jumping from 13,000 feet... Isn't just a family affair, it's a family tradition. He said they did it on his 75th birthday, they did it on his 80th, and he said, and on this one, he had 11 of his immediate family members jumping with him. How beautiful is that? Well, what a great way to also honor not just his incredible service, but also the service of so many great veterans out there, and to all of you great Vietnam veterans, Welcome home. We love you. We appreciate you. By the way, many of you listen also to Katz and Cosby, and I thought it was so lovely. Earlier today when I was on, we had Ed Cox, Cox, of course, the head of the GOP party in New York. And Ed, um, of course, uh, with Nixon, you know, uh, married to Tricia Nixon. He just came back from the Nixon Library um, and for a whole bunch of different events that took place where they honored the returning POWs 50 years later from Vietnam. And it was a big reunion with many of them who came home. Um, but what a what a beautiful tribute. And to be able to hear his stories about how moving and emotional it was, I can't imagine to see uh, those who are there and their family members. Really beautiful. And I love that this guy was jumping out of the sky. By the way, I did a skydive a couple of years ago. Um, I jumped at 13,000 feet as well. And boy, uh, it was fun. <laughs> so they said, Rita flies above the competition. That's what it had on the cover of the newspaper, which was one for the record books. one 800 848 one 800 We are talking about Ron DeSantis and can he fly high and beat Donald Trump? A lot of people are not so sure. But I want to play, this is interesting, because the Democrats are wasting no time to go after anybody in the race. I mean, some of the barbs, it's like so nasty. It's like, okay, well, you know, uh, we're going to go after DeSantis for this. We're going to go after Tim Scott for this. We're going to go after a whole bunch for this. Uh, Just to the other caller who just called in and said, you know what? If DeSantis thinks he's going to get a free ride compared to the way that Trump has been beaten up by the press and investigators and everything else— Think again. It's going to be tough sailing, whoever goes, up against the Democrats. And I want to play cut 20. This is Joy Behar. Um, She was on The View. And I can't believe she actually made this comment about Tim Scott. She says she knows better about race than Tim Scott. Take a listen to this one. And he's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas, Black Republican who believes
11: in pulling yourself by your bootstraps rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African-Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it. Neither does
2: uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. So because he doesn't get it, she believes that's why they're Republicans. And she also firmly believes that she knows better about the black experience than Tim Scott, who's an African-American. And whose grandfather picked cotton. I thought his speech was one of the most amazing, most inspirational speeches ever. When he announced that he was running for president, talking about his grandfather uh, and the hardships that he endured. And to see his grandson, while he was alive, go to Congress and now running for president of the United States. And and to pull his mother up and the other woman um, who he pulled up. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The people that shaped him. And for Joy Behar to say, well, she knows better of the black experience than Tim Scott and then Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court justice. Oh, my goodness. Here is Jason Chaffetz, Republican, former member of Congress and putting in his two cents about Joy Behar.
5: They, they would never talk about Justin Trudeau or some of the other things that hmm. that happened with on, on the Democratic side of that. It's, it's just disgusting. These people are viable. There, There's a reason why the Republicans are so strong. And you know what? The reason they go after Tim Scott and they go after Ron DeSantis is because they are a threat. They're a threat to the very nar- narrative that they have tried to perpetuate on the American people.
2: So how big of a threat are they? And where do you see the race shaping out now that it is going to be? It looks like DeSantis and Trump, mano a mano, Uh, Right now, it looks like everybody else is vying for second or third place uh, in many cases. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, actually, line five. Jacqueline, go ahead.
11: Hi, Rita. Um, First of all, regarding DeSantis, there is an expression, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And he blew it big time. So as far as I'm concerned... He's already out of the race.
2: Now, how did he blow it? Because of the, you mean the technical? Yeah, uh, that Yeah, that looked, it looked looked novice.
11: Yes. Well, I mean, if that's any indication of the type of president he's going to be, I do not want that man to be my president. I've already got one currently occupying the White House that has been a complete disaster. And I think what's going to happen is, just like happened um, with the 16- um, Debates—they're going to start dropping like flies, and I think President Trump is going to be very presidential. The way he conducted himself during that disaster of a town hall meeting with that woman who tried to tear him apart and destroy him—he was masterful the way he handled her.
2: He, by and the think, way, he was great. I, I, but and did you see Jacqueline when he was watching uh, when he was doing the debate? The, I call it the debate. It was a town hall, but it really was a debate with him and the moderator. The yes. audience stood up and gave him an applause at the beginning. They gave him standing ovations. They gave him a standing. She was like, huh? You know, and 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 this is interesting, too. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting, by the way, Jacqueline, and I'll, I'll let you get to your next point. But it was interesting uh, to see um, the reaction on CNN's part. Obviously, they weren't that upset about it. They did get big ratings, though there were a lot of people who said, I'm not going to go to you again. I thought, by the way, I thought I thought kudos to them for putting them on for sure. And I think everybody needs to hear from all sides. Um, And I also thought uh, they did a good job and I thought it served him. I thought it served him masterfully. I thought he did a fantastic job and I thought he was terrific there. And I couldn't believe that afterwards. You know, who's it? Was an Anderson Cooper who said, "Oh, we really apologize. If you don't ever want to watch CNN again, I understand." I mean, are you kidding me? I, I mean, if they want to look like a credible news organization, they gotta start being fair. Um, even though that wasn't really fair, but giving at least airtime. And guess what? Did you hear this? Um, uh, Nikki Haley is going to be doing one, and also Mike Pence is going to be doing one now with CNN. Now they realize. Maybe the town halls aren't so bad. What do you think of that, Jacqueline? Well, as far as those two
11: prospective candidates, uh, I consider them both Benedict Donalds, and I put Chris Christie in that same boat with, the, uh, with those two. Um, president Trump, in my opinion, has already proven himself. I, I'm going to change what I have said in the past. I said that he is the best president in my lifetime. No, I now feel that he is and will be the best president that this country has ever had. And mega dittos for what everything that BJ said. And the other thing I wanted to comment on, if you'll permit me, is uh, continuing with the interview that you did with Mr. Cuomo. Um, The only bone that I have to pick with you is, instead of referring to him as governor, and I know you are, a commensurate professional. So I know that's why you did that. But I would refer to him as Mr. Cuomo or like everybody refers to everybody else, like President Trump, as the former governor of New York. But anyway.
2: And and he, by the way, by the way, I did say that at, at certain times, but I'm a big traditionalist. You hear I don't. Sometimes I say former President Trump. Most of the time I say President Trump. Yes. Because once you're a president, especially I give such respect to the office Yes. Um and, and so I say President Obama, I say President, but I always because and I'm I'm from the school of you still give the formal title. If somebody has earned it, um I hate when I see people say, Oh, this is Trump, you know, like and oh, but it's President Biden. Like, you know, that that to me is so disrespectful, you know, that I'm talking about the the contrast between, oh well this is the president and the other one is just a guy named Trump. I mean I know. no
11: I feel the same way you do uh, as far as being respectful of the office however um i think you know that respect also to a certain extent has to be earned and the current occupant of the white house definitely has not earned that um in my opinion like bj said he stole that office from president trump and i don't think mr Cuomo deserves the respect because he didn't earn it as governor he was completely contrary, no matter what question you asked him. And all he did was refer, with regard to the nursing homes, to the federal health agencies, the greatest medical professionals in the world, the science, blah, 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 blah. Must we remind him that that little fascist troll of Fauci and Burks who recent months admitted that the shot wouldn't prevent anyone from getting the virus, nor would it prevent transmission of the virus
2: right now, right right years uh, later, yep, you know what your point is, Jacqueline is an interesting one because you're right uh I mean on the other hand and i'll I'll even like you know i I had a feeling he would say, oh well, it's the medical professional said this, or even though you could you could certainly um talk about the difference between what they were claiming was what the health mandate was or the, you know, uh suggestion or whatever, the you know, the order and the difference in what he relayed because there definitely are differences. And folks who lost loved ones absolutely know it all too well. We know it all too well, too. So there's, there's a lot of wordsmanship on his part, believe oh, yeah. me. And then oh, the yeah. other thing, you heard what I said, because I knew he was going to try to, you know, go around with some numbers and facts or whatever that he was going to try to present as facts. And that's when I said to him, I'm not a doctor, you know, but, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize you don't put elderly people in a nursing home. You know, with COVID, COVID positive and, and nursing homes don't have the ventilators. They don't have the kind of facilities. They don't have, you know, the the all the structures that a hospital has. Why would you ever put them back? It spread like wildfire. I mean, even if even if even if he can claim, well, OK, this is what I you know, the mandate is. At some point you go, the mandate ain't working and I got to care about I got to figure out what to do. I mean, to me, it's common sense. I knew it at the early days. I mean, in the very early days, we all knew elderly were the most vulnerable. So why would you put them all in nursing homes? And especially when people were dying, it was obvious sort of what was happening. Don't you think, Jacqueline, it it gets me so angry for the families?
11: Well, that is because you thought the way you did and you figured it out because you have a good functional brain that the good Lord gave you. And you know how to use it. You're not a crooked politician. So you don't have anything to gain by twisting the facts and twisting the truth. But I will give him one thing. He finally said that he was in charge and takes responsibility for everything that happened. And what he is definitely responsible for is doing a great job of killing thousands of the most vulnerable elderly.
2: Well, and, and I will tell you, I, that's why I kept asking Jacqueline. I kept saying, do you have a message for the families? Do you this? And he did say at one point, like you said, uh, I was. he said there was a war and I was in charge of the war like he was Patton, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, that was the closest we got. But I was hoping to hear even even more contrition. Um, and I but we were certainly fair. Uh, you know, I mean, I've heard one or two people go, oh, you know, you know, like, I, I mean, 99 percent of the people have said, Rita, you were really tough. You were fair to him, I gave him every opportunity to answer and and however he chose to do it and when he didn't I went back at him and uh, and I hope I gave some answers to people um, that desperately deserve them um, you know you because were absolutely
11: boy. marvelous. and I want to ask you a question. would, would you be willing to would you ever consider uh, being the moderator for one of these political debates, whether it's the Republican debates or the overall? Uh, you know whoever the candidate is for the republican and then the democrat
2: absolutely absolutely i've done i've it. done a couple debates um for sure in my life, and I always enjoy them and i would absolutely love it. I would hope... I think you'd
11: be fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. I don't think there would be anyone that could compare to you being the moderator of one of those debates.
2: Thank you. Jacqueline, you are a sweetheart. Thank you for your sweet, sweet words. Thank you so much. And everybody, we're going to continue with your calls tonight. 1-800-848-9222. The
0: Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Well, you know what President Donald Trump calls Ron DeSantis? Who could
5: forget this? At the end of the day, nobody has a right to come to our country illegally. We, the American people, can determine what type of immigration system that we want. I think the purpose of immigration is to benefit our country. And so if people coming illegally does not benefit, which I don't think it is, then we shouldn't do it.
2: And that was Ron DeSantis talking about border. And here is President Trump with
0: a new nickname. (laughs) of 2017, Ron DeSantis was polling at 5% in the Republican primary for governor of Florida. 5%. DeSantis had virtually no endorsements and was being drastically outraised by agricultural commissioner Adam Putnam, the widely viewed favorite. He was going to win. He was going to win easy. He was way up. Ron had zero chance of winning. On December 21st, 2017, a man named President Donald J. Trump endorsed in support of Ron DeSanctimonious. His polling skyrocketed, and DeSantis won the Republican primary 57 to 37. He was down so many points, and all of a sudden he wins by 20. He was already looking for jobs. But he did it because of President Trump Thank you very much, Ron. Thank you
2: very much. Wow. So much for loyalty. And how much do you think that is going to play in your mind when you go to vote? If you're voting in the GOP primary, guys, one 800 one 800 let us go to George, line three in Tom's River. Go ahead, George.
8: Yeah. Hi. Uh you know, uh, Trump, if he gets elected, he'll be almost 79 years old when he gets in, and he'll be almost 83 when he gets out. Do we really want another old man in there? Not only that, but you just played the thing where all he does is all call people childish names, right? Think of his appointments. He had Bolton. He put in Attorney General Sessions. He he endorsed Dr. Oz. Remember that? Dr. Roz barely squeaked out. To beat the other, the, the Fetterman. military guy in the GOP for Pennsylvania, and we get Fetterman. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, Fetterman's I see where you're going. He's good chooser of people. But, but hang on hang, say- on,
2: hang on, hang on. He did do well with others. I mean, he's, he backed J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance is in the Senate there in Ohio. Um, and also, by the way, on Oz, um, you know, it, it was a very, it was a tough race, um, and I'll just talk about the second phase with Oz. Let's talk about that. Because in the second phase with Oz, when he went up against Fetterman, Fetterman, the Democratic Party base had hundreds of thousands of early votes, hundreds of thousands, like almost nobody could overcome that in Pennsylvania. So he, there was a bit of, uh, you know, I think the Republicans are waking up um, and I think they're now realizing, and President Trump has said this, that indeed now, uh, people have to start voting early. You can't rely on people just showing up on Election Day. Um, so, and, and to your point about the age, you're right about the age. And, and some people don't want to see like a rehash, just a rematch. But, George, come on. There's, it's like night and day, uh, the mental acuity between Trump and Biden. Well, I mean, in I terms of the spryness. With... I mean, Trump looks like a, like a teenager surfing in Malibu compared to Biden. You know, come on.
8: I don't disagree with that, but when you look at who he endorses, and he's trying to say that he's the one that put put uh, DeSantis in, and he got a 20-point win, how many people actually vote based on endorsements? Sure, a Dr. Oz may have won the primary by like 900 votes. But when it came to the actual election, Fetterman beat Oz easily,
2: but i but I brought you I told you why. A lot of it was the way that the Democrats allowed early he should votes have stayed out of it. He should have stayed out of it. well, I you could make the point that if Oz did not get the endorsement of Trump, he wouldn't have made it past the primary too. Right. So and you and you know, have had so the
8: republican we would have held that seat and we would have uh, the I'm not in the sure Senate. about
2: that, George, because again, Unless you have people coming out to early vote, and Trump came out, and, and a number of Republicans have come out in the last, like, few months and said, you know what? If these are the rules, we have to play by the rules. They're suddenly getting an epiphany, and I think they should have realized it clearly last go-round. Fetterman is a classic example. The guy looks like he's in a coma, you know? Right. I mean, and he shows up in shorts the other day. Uh, you know, I mean, his dressing is a whole other issue, but, I mean, mentally, you got to admit— and But 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 the Democrats in that case, in that state, they rallied people. They got people to turn out. They had such huge early vote numbers. And the Republicans said, well, we traditionally wait for day of. That's been the past. They can't do it anymore. The, 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 the Democrats have such a get-out-the-vote machine that it doesn't matter. Like, if you have 50,0, 600,000 votes, which is essentially at least what Fetterman had over Oz— I think anybody, he would have beat anybody. I mean, it, it's the machine. You think people were going out and saying, "I can't wait to pick Fetterman"? Are you kidding me? After they saw that debate, boy, did they have buyer's remorse, don't you think, George?
8: I think Doctor Oz was a terrible choice, and Trump should have stayed out of it. And he picked Bolton. He has a history at Sessions for Attorney General. He has a history picking bad people. Well, you know, yeah. Well,
2: people. he's got. I think uh, he would do things very differently. He's, he's even said that. I mean, he said uh, if he gets back in, uh, he will clean the swamp and clean a lot of the other people that he didn't realize before. He had so many people to hire that he said he made mistakes, which is more than I heard from uh, Andrew Cuomo.